We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's move on to Notre Dame defensive recruiting. And and let's look at it like this. This is where Notre Dame has struggled more in the last two classes. They haven't landed a whole lot of gap closers. They're off to a great start already. I think you can make an argument that all six of the current defensive commitments are either gap closers individually or part of a group that closes the gap. And and so it's a great start. But now it's about how do you finish? And when you look at the three-man defensive end class, you look at Tyson Ford, Aiden Gabera, Darren Agu, it's a great defensive end class. Well, what's a better way to make it even better? Go get Cyrus Moss. Cyrus Moss is absolutely a gap closer. Notre Dame is in his top five. Talked to a friend of mine recently who has talked to him uh, recently, and, and he likes Notre Dame a lot. There's a lot of interest from uh, Cyrus Moss and the family in Notre Dame. I think there's some concern in his view, an understandable concern about the fact that Notre Dame already has three defensive end commitments. Well, this past weekend just gave Mike Elston the best recruiting pitch he can set, he can give. He can simply walk up to the kid and say, hey, Cyrus, we signed four defensive ends in the 2016 class. We signed Julian Aguara. We signed Dalen Hayes. We signed Khalid Kareem. We signed Adi Ogundiji. Okay. You're a better prospect than all of them at the same age. All four of those guys just got drafted in the last two years. All four of them. You come you come play for me, I can take a four-man defensive class, play them all together, play them, you know, they're all going to play, they're all going to get a chance to be productive, 
and I can send all of you to the NFL. How do I know I can do that? I just did it. That's a, I mean, how that's what we've talked about all these years is a big part of selling recruiting is, can you prove to kids that you can get in the NFL? And then when you say to Cyrus, like, Hey, look, man, you're a five-star. You're ranked much higher than Khalid was coming out of high school. You know, Dalen was considered a five-star by one service, but Dalen didn't play a lot of high school football. And Dalen was, was more of a linebacker. We had to turn him into a defensive end. Ogandiji was a three-star kid. We flipped from, from Western Michigan and, and Khalid cream wasn't even a top 200 recruit. So, you know, that's a great, great sales pitch for Mike Elston. Say, hey, don't worry about being a fourth man in the defensive end class because I've already shown I can get all four of y'all in the NFL. And and we've talked about this. This group, to me, is a recruiting class. If they get Cyrus Moss, would be better than the 2016 defensive end class. So Cyrus Moss is, is, is gap closer number one. Next, for me, is arguably the most important gap closer in the entire class. I think you could make a strong case that there's not a player more important to Notre Dame in this class than Anthony Lucas from Arizona. And, and why I say that is you've started to really upgrade your defensive tackle recruiting in the last three, four years. You got Gabriel Rubio last year, who I graded as a top 100 recruit. You got Aiden Kaanaana and Riley Mills. I think Riley Mills has a chance to be a really outstanding player. Jason Adamiola outstanding player but he was kind of outside the time frame we've looked at I think Anthony Lucas would be the best defensive tackle commit Notre Dame has signed under Brian Kelly I think he's got that kind of talent I think he also fits incredibly well with what Notre Dame does defensively so you're talking high level talent high character young man I've never spoken to him but I've talked to people that have that know him Supposedly, he's a high-character kid. Academics are important to him and his family, which is always a, a thing. That doesn't mean they're going to go to an academic school, but it's it's going to be a check in Notre Dame's box. And then when you look at Notre Dame's success recently in developing off defensive linemen, again, this is what Mike Elson can say. Look at what we did on defense the last three years, and I did that with a couple guys that were three-star recruits coming out of high school, that being Myron Tungvaloa and Kurt Heinish. What am I going to do with a guy like you? And look at all the ends that we're recruiting. Teams can't double you because they got to worry about Tyson Ford and they got to worry about uh, Aiden Gubera. They got to worry about Darren Agu. They got to worry about Jordan Patelho, Isaiah Foskey, all those kind of guys. And you don't have to play a million snaps a game because we've got Jason Onye and we've recruited Aiden Kanaana and Riley Mills and Gabriel Rubio. And you put a you put Notre Dame in a situation where in a three year stretch stretch, you've landed Riley Mills, Aiden Kanaana. Uh, right, uh, Gabriel Rubio, I think Jason Onye might end up inside, and Anthony Lucas in a three-year stretch. That is absolutely needle-moving. And when when you bring a guy like Lucas in, he's an elite prospect. Now, I have felt for a long time that Notre Dame is in a much better place with Anthony Lucas than people think. I think Notre Dame, if I had to say right now, I'd prob- I would say if, if he came out with a top three right now, do I think Notre Dame would make it? Yes, I do. Are they as number one? I don't know if he has one, to be honest with you. I think Notre Dame is within striking distance. They've got to get him on campus. They've got to put the full court press on him. They've got to talk to him consistently. It's got to be Elston. It's got to be the GAs. It's got to be Freeman. It's got to be Kelly. It's got to be Pullian. It's got, I mean, I'd get Tommy Reese to call him. I mean, I'm serious. Like he's that important. Hey, look, man, I'm, I'm trying, we're trying to win something here, but. You know, my offense needs help from the defense, and you'd make our defense elite. I don't care who you have to do. You get everybody to call them. Do everything you can within the rules to get Anthony Lucas because he, to me, is is the difference maker. And, and here's why. 
if you're elite up front, it makes everything else better. Just that'll never change in football. I don't care how many scheme changes or philosophical changes. If you're elite up front, you're going to have a chance to have an elite defense, and it makes everybody behind that front better. Defensive end, they're doing it. Defensive tackle, he could be that thing that puts them over the edge in that regards. So I, I really believe that he is a guy that could be the ultimate gap closer for this this defense. And you could you could argue that he could be the biggest gap closer for for this entire this entire team. And his rankings a little all over the place. I think Rivals has him as a top thirty player. Another outlet has him outside the top two hundred, I believe. He is a top fifty player. He is a borderline five star player. So when I look at the defensive line class. Cyrus Moss, Anthony Lucas, those two guys are vitally important. Moss is every bit as good as Lucas, in my opinion, but they've already recruited well there. Lucas is a, a guy that they don't have right now. If you can get both of them, good luck finding another team, in my opinion, that's landing better players. Uh, and, and along that, we ask question, better than Tillery? Roderick asks, Roderick Blackman asks, is he better than Tillery? Absolutely. Now, keep in mind, Jerry Tillery was not recruited to play defensive line. He was recruited by Harry Heastan. So he is actually in the Harry Heastan category of guys that were recruited to Notre Dame that became first-round picks because Notre Dame recruited him to play offensive tackle. Jerry decided late in the process, after the Army All-American game, sort of around that time, but really ultimately afterwards, that he was going to play defensive line. And LSU was trying to use that to flip him to LSU, and it ended up not helping uh, or not ultimately working. And so Jerry ended up being a defensive tackle, but Jerry was not an elite five-star defensive tackle. And really Jerry didn't become a great player until his senior year. Anthony Lucas to me is a surefire show up day one and be an impact player. Uh, That's how good I think he can be. Now I'm not going to maybe necessarily put that kind of pressure on him, but that to me is, is where I view him. So I really feel good about where Notre Dame is with Anthony Lucas, but he is a, he is a, to me, a different maker type of player that could really, really change Notre Dame's fortunes. Uh, we got asked a question about Anthony. We'll, we'll address it here before we move on. Well, John Climax says, I think landing Lucas would help with recruiting Moss. I, I, it wouldn't hurt. It certainly wouldn't hurt. Hey, come, let's be part of the best defensive line class in the country. Come join me. Uh, D rock says besides Notre Dame, what are two schools that might contend for Lucas? Well, you know, he's got a top five. His top five includes Alabama, Oregon, Texas, and Texas A&M. The two schools that I'm most concerned with are Texas and Alabama. Those are the two schools that I would have. Um, that's something I would be a little bit concerned with. So let's continue on with the defensive line class. And Thomas, I'm going to answer the question that you just asked here at the end, but, uh, that the, the front seven, those are the two guys for me. That That's it. Now, because you have the other three ends in the class, you can focus a lot of your attention on them. Let's talk about linebacker. Now, linebacker is a position group where I think that I'm going to look at it together, sort of like I did the offensive line, simply because it's partly of a group, but it's also about I, – I view this Notre Dame linebacker class is off to a great start with Josh Burnham and Nolan Ziegler. I grade Josh Burnham out as a top 100 kind of player. He's got five-star upside in my opinion. My question is, is where is he going to play? That's my only concern with Josh Burnham is, and not even concern. I shouldn't even say concern because it's not a concern. So my question is ultimately, does he play Mike? Does he play Will? Is he a Sam if they go to a, a pure 3-3? Is he maybe grows into a Viper if they go into sort of a hybrid 3-3 with a guy that you can want to be able to play on the edge and drop at the linebacker? Um 
So, so that is a, that is a question that I have right now with that. So I want to see where he ends up. And then that could impact, as we talked about the other day, who's the next two that you get. So here's where I'm at with linebacker recruiting. Right now, there's three linebackers left on the board. There's Junior Tui Alamaka, there's Jalen Sneed, and there's Sebastian Sheeks. What Notre Dame has to decide is where's Josh Burnham going to play, ideally, and then base that off of who are your next two that you take. Now, this is a position where if you get two of those three players, Junior Tui Alamaka, Sebastian Cheeks, and uh, Jalen Sneed, if you get two of those three, you have an elite linebacker class. You have not only the best linebacker class Notre Dame assigned, I would argue, in in 20 years. And if somebody can remember a, a class in that 20 years, a linebacker that was better, not that had a better individual player, so don't say like 2013 with Jalen Smith. I'm talking about as a class. Jalen Smith and Manti were obviously elite players. Prob- they grade out higher than anybody that in this class. But I'm talking about as a unit, this is an elite group. You get two of those three. And again, Junior Two Alamaka, Jalen Sneed, and Sebastian Cheeks. That's how I would rank them from a, a ranking right now. And I would rank Junior first because Junior has a higher floor. From an upside standpoint, it's Sneed, Cheeks, and Junior is how I'd rank it. If you view Josh Burnham as a will or a Viper, maybe a potential Viper hybrid player, then I think you have to get Junior to Alamaka. If you think that Burnham could play Mike and that might ultimately be his position and you want to go Sneed and you want to go Cheeks, I'm good with that too. There, there's We could have a debate and we could have a whole show of a debate about who's better, Junior to Alamaka, Jalen Sneed, or Sebastian Cheeks. And a lot of different people would have different opinions, but here's what I think about it as a group. They're all three outstanding players. Sebastian Cheeks has the least amount of experience simply because of an injury as a sophomore and then something out of control as a junior, which is his state canceled football in the fall, played a shortened season in the spring. He just hasn't played a lot of football. But the tools are there. And here's where they are with the with their recruiting standpoint. I believe, I think you could you could make a case that Notre Dame is the leader for all three of those guys. I feel most confident right now that Notre Dame will land Jalen Sneed and Sebastian Cheeks. I feel really good about Notre Dame as we're both of those. I'd be willing to say now, based on my latest intel, that they lead for both of those. I think you could make a case that they lead for Junior 2 Alamaca, but I think there's other schools that are – it'd be more like 1A, 1B, 1C. I think Notre Dame's in a good place there. I think Texas is recruiting him really hard. They're doing a great job with him. That's a school I've been talking about for a while with him. So the question is, how do you handle this if you're Notre Dame? If you if you like Tuyalamaka more, is there a gap between him and the other two to the point where you'd push off one of those other two or do, to, to wait for him? Or do you just say, hey, look, we got three guys. We want to take the first two that want to come. I think the, the fact that you landed Josh Burnham, if you're Notre Dame, puts Notre Dame in a situation where they don't have to wait. I think they could they could decide that, hey, look, we like him at Mike, so we'll take those other two. Or maybe we don't like him at Mike, but we're going. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Be comfortable starting him at Mike because of, of what we have in these other two players. So for me, it would be, I, I look at a situation as, okay, we have three, we have three, two spots and three guys. What do you all want to do? And I think Notre Dame's in a great place where they could actually push the, they can push the buttons of those three players to find out who really likes us the most and say, Hey, look, you can wait till June. You can go through all your five visits and we respect that. You got to do what you got to do, but we're not going to have room by the end of June. We're going to be full. So if you want, if you really want to be in this class, it's time for you to go public and, and be a part of what you're doing. So I think that's where Notre Dame is at when it comes to front seven recruiting. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Secondary recruiting is a little bit of a situation where I don't see a lot of gap closers that are either on the board or that Notre Dame has a great shot with. And and I would really only say two right now for me. Number one is easy, Xavier Nwankpa. He's a gap closer. He, to me, is a is a five-star caliber player. He's a top 50 recruit in my view. He was ve- he was very close on my grade to getting a five-star grade, uh, which means he's more in that top 25 range than he is the 50 range. He is, to me, would be the second best safety Notre Dame assigned behind Kyle Hamilton. And the, and the distance between him and Kyle Hamilton as juniors is like that. It is not big at all. And, and he, but the, the reality is, is Ohio state is, is the clear front runner for him. Now Ohio state just picked up a safety commitment from Kai Stokes from Florida recently that Notre Dame offered that I actually thought Notre Dame had a really good shot with, cause he's a very high academic kid, but you know, that that's how the Buckeyes roll at this point in time. Xavier Nawaka could be a, certainly a needle mover, a big time gap closer for Notre Dame. I just don't think right now they're necessarily in position where I'd feel great about saying they got a legitimate shot. He, I believe, I could be wrong on this, I believe he's going to visit Ohio State before he visits Notre Dame, I believe. If that's the case, that would make me nervous. If they can get out of that visit with him not committing, then maybe they'll have a puncher's chance at getting him. But I think right now they're on the outside looking in. Guys like Jake Pope, K.J. Winston, those are good football players, especially Jake Pope. But they're more of get they're more of you're getting caught up from misses than they are necessarily getting you caught up and then taking you to that next level. Could Notre Dame have a really good safety class this year without it being a needle moving class? Sure, absolutely. And and you don't have to have gap closures at every position. You don't. 
that's why it's so important you get him up front in the front seven. Because if you get him in the front seven, then now all of a sudden those really good safeties become impactful safeties because of, of how good everything is in front of them. The other player that's still on the board that I would view as a as a as a gap closer is Devin Moore from Naples, Florida. And here's why I say that. It is difficult to find a guy that legitimately grades out as a, in my view, a top hundred caliber player at four different positions in your defense. And, and that's why I think Devin Moore fits that category. He is in that second category of gap closers in that he may not be an elite top 50 player, but he's a top 100 to 150 guy that to me takes the group that you have now and makes them a lot better. And, and that's the other part of the gap closer. And the reason I say that is number one, he's talented, but number two, I think he's got traits that could fit at boundary corner. I think he's got traits that could fit at field corner. And in those two areas, he's a lot like Ryan Barnes and y'all know how much I loved Ryan Barnes, but I think he also could fit in as a slot corner in, in, in a true five secondary lineup, which is traditionally what Marcus Freeman has done in the past. His, his quote unquote, you know, Rover. And when they've gone four down has been more of a DB. They had three line. Their Rover at Cincinnati was a third linebacker because they were a three down defense. When they would go to a four down defense, they'd take a linebacker off the field and field and put a DB or defensive lineman. They didn't take a DB off the field and put keep the rover out. They would have their rover and then they'd take a, a linebacker out, one of the inside linebackers out, but then they'd still have that 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 nickel player. That was their fifth DB. I think Devin Moore could play that at a high level, maybe even better than the two outside spots. But I also think he could be a, a really good free safety. And so far on this film, that's where I've liked him the best. But he definitely would be a guy to give a shot at corner. I really like his upside more at safety. They were recruiting him initially at safety. They're now recruiting him as a corner. But they understand that, hey, dude, you can play all four positions. You can play anywhere. The key, the reason they like Devin Moore is they may try him out at field corner, boundary, wherever, but he's a guy that say, okay, we have a need there. We have a need there. We have a need there. Let's figure out where we're going to put Devin Moore. There aren't a lot of guys like that. And so that's why I put Devin Moore in that category. I think Notre Dame is in a really good place with him. I'm not ready to say that they're going to get him. They've got to get him on campus. They've got to close the deal. But I think they've put themselves within striking distance absolutely with Devin Moore. So that's kind of where I view them. Um, that's how I view them right now with the defensive class. I'm a lot more confident that they're going to get some of these gap closers on defense than I am on offense. But I'll also say this. I'm a lot more confident today when it comes to offensive recruiting than I was a month ago. And that's a positive. You want to be trending in the right direction. You're not going to always eat up that space in a day. You look at a guy like Tobias Merriweather, let's say you were behind three or four other schools a couple months ago. You don't have to pass all four of them in, in a week. You have to slowly keep chipping away, keep chipping away, keep chipping away. The guys you got to pass closely are the guys that are getting close to decision-making mode. But I feel like Notre Dame has put themselves in position. So to wrap up, receiver, we talked about you've got to get two of three of you got to get Bradshaw. You got to get one of Williams or Merriweather. If you get all three, grand slam home run. You need one of the big three running back. You need three of four guys on my board at offensive line, which is Jake Taylor, Zach Rice, Carson Carson Hensman, and Billy Shrout. You get three of those four to go with Chan and Tonona. Gap closing class there. Look at defensive class. Already have a great defensive end class. Be awesome. I mean, elite special. Nobody's going to be better if you can also add Cyrus Moss. 
Anthony Lucas could be arguably the biggest gap closer in the entire class, most important gap closer in the entire class, like when Notre Dame is there. I think he is a guy that 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 they're in a very good place with. I feel most confident that Notre Dame is going to have an elite linebacker class. I think, if again, if Notre Dame gets two of Junior to Alamanca, and my understanding is they're going to take four linebackers. That's my understanding. If you if you get two of two Alamaka, Sneed, and Cheeks, that's an elite. I don't see anybody having a better linebacker class, in my view. And I've watched 40 of the top linebackers this year. And I'm telling you, it, it it's going to be almost impossible for anybody to have a better foursome than the one Notre Dame has if they get two of those three. And then the back end, Xavier Nwankpa, Devin Moore are the keys. Now, there are other players like Benjamin Morrison that are are really good prospects that that solidify what you're doing in the secondary, but I don't, I don't necessarily view them as gap closers in the traditional sense. So that's where I'm at with them. And before we wrap up, I'm going to go back up here and answer some questions that were geared more towards the defense. And uh, let's see, which DB targets in the 22 class that Notre Dame is notably in the mix are gap closers besides Nwank. But I've, I've answered that, Brandon. What I'm curious about is do you see any other guys besides Devin Moore that, that Notre Dame is on the board with? I, I would like to hear some of y'all's opinions on this. This is me. I've given you my opinion, right? Now let me hear yours. What do you, what do you all think? Uh, Brandon says, without securing any five-star prospects, I see Notre Dame landing the seven to eighth ranked class in 2022. I, I would say that's probably accurate from a recruiting ranking standpoint. But Brandon, as you know, I don't care about that. I think you can land a class that's not ranked there, that if you remove some of the regional bias from some of these rankings, you say, okay, yeah, they're ranked eighth, for example, but take seven of the teams ahead of them and you tell me how many of those classes you would trade Notre Dame's class for. And if they if they if they can hit like 75%, which is a challenge on the gap closers I just talked about, and then fill out with guys like Benjamin Morrison and players like that, then yeah, Jake Pope, then this class is going to be this class is going to be special. It's going to be arguably Notre Dame's best. Um, is Notre Dame recruiting anyone on that Aaron Lynch level on the defensive line? Not yet, but I don't know if I've seen a defensive end in this class that that for anybody that is as good as Aaron Lynch was coming out of high school. So realist, I mean, I could say no to that, but number one, I, I think we would agree that a, a great defensive line is more about more than just one great player. It's about being good across the board. That's what's made Notre Dame better. I would argue that the three guys that they've landed are are needle movers and, and gap close in that they're going to be better than they've been because they've recruited so well in this 22 class. But are there any guys that I would view as, you know, five-star surefire Aaron Lynch, if he has his head on straights, a top 10 NFL draft pick? No, I don't think there is. But honestly, I don't know if there is that guy in this class, defensive end. And, and there's Walter Nolan. I mean, do you view him as a defensive end? But that's kind of where I'm at with that. See if we have any other uh, defensive questions. Uh, Tommy Leonard, uh, no chance of BK pulling off the Teo with Hamilton. No. Teo was a borderline first-round pick. That's why he came back. It wasn't just about that. It was also draft positioning. If Kyle Hamilton has a kind of progress he's going to make, I think he's going to make this year, he's going to be a top 10 to 15 pick, which is rare for a safety. Any other defensive questions? Okay, so how would you feel about a class of – Mickey Morris and Moore. I'm not sure who Morris is. 
I'm going to pull up my offer list because maybe I'm just drawing a blank here, but I'm not sure who Morris is. So I'm looking at the, the 2020 offers. I'm sorry, but I'm like completely drawing a blank on who Morris is. I apologize. I'm going to pull this up here. Here's the 22 commitments and oh are you, i'm sorry i'm 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 an idiot are you talking about i'm assuming you're talking about morrison jay i apologize uh if you're talking about morrison how would i feel about a class of mickey morrison and more i'd love that that is a in my opinion that would be a needle moving class for notre dame in the second version of what that means is there an elite kamari rogers in that group no is that a group that to me takes Notre Dame from being right here and Alabama's right here. And then now Notre Dame is here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And then when you combine it with what that group is like next, then yes. So I, I apologize. I was just drawing a blank on who Morris was, but if you're talking about Benjamin Morrison, if that's who you're talking about, then, then yes, I would, I would view that. I would view that as a, as a gap closing class. Now, not in the traditional sense that the gap has been erased. Kamari Rogers could have been a gap eraser. These guys are gap closers. That is today's show. I appreciate everybody. Um, uh, appreciate everybody being part of the show today. It's a it's a really interesting time for Notre Dame because I feel like when you look at twenty eight this twenty twenty two recruiting class, I look at it and I say, the, the, Notre Dame's in a similar place they've been in the past in regards to you know there's a lot of talented players on the board, but I feel like. The success they've had on the field two last three years, combined with the draft success that they've had recently, really gives them an opportunity, in my opinion, where I feel better about them able to close. Notre Dame's always involved with top players. It's just they finish third, fourth, or fifth with those guys. I'm more confident than I've been in a long time that they're going to close on these guys. Even some of the offensive guys, although I'm I'm more confident right now on defense, but even some of the offensive guys, and I and I've I've been pleasantly surprised at, at Tommy Reese's grinding on the recruiting trail, especially when you consider, you know, young guy hasn't recruited a whole lot. I mean, he's, I mean, he's only been a coach for what, four years. Uh, so, I mean, he, he is to me picked up real well. I mean, he, he is kids like him, they engage with him. So I think he's done a good job. They, they have to still close, but I like where they're at. I think that Notre Dame is in a place where they're there. I'm more confident that when we get to February, that I'm more confident this is going to be a, a legitimate top five caliber class than I have for a long time. I don't know if it's going to finish that way on the recruiting services, but as y'all know, I don't care. I care about do I look at it and view it that way, and that's where I'm at right now. Uh, Adam says, uh, Brian Driscoll, you're awesome. Love listening to you, and I, I really enjoy doing the shows. I thank all of y'all for being with me. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the show, you're watching it, please hit the like button. Uh, please hit the subscribe button to our channel. Hit the notification bell. If you're listening on our podcast, make sure that you subscribe to where we are. Leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it. We're definitely, definitely going to continue doing this. Uh, we're going to try to do it on a daily basis during the week. I'm gonna Tomorrow, we're going to have a show during the afternoon with Vince. And then tomorrow night, we're going to have a recruiting show. Still trying to figure out what the topic is going to be. Tomorrow with Vince, we're going to talk about the NFL draft. And we're going to talk about Vince's impression of the blue gold game and what he saw from the blue gold game. And even though he wasn't on our show on Saturday, they did sweep their doubleheader. They actually run ruled their opponent in a doubleheader. So it was a really good day for Vince and it was worth him not being able to, uh, to be part of the show because his, his team had a great day. So 
Appreciate everybody talking about it. Uh, Brandon, we're going to talk about 2023 quarterbacks. I, I'm, I'm targeting next Wednesday as being the day for that. I really want to scour the film. I want to talk to some people, uh, see who they're talking to for sure. Who are the guys? I definitely know that they're either – we know who they've offered, but who are the guys they're talking to? Who are the next-level guys? Who are the names that, that, that people need to start knowing? And so we'll, we'll talk about that. So that'll be next Wednesday's show. I'm still trying to figure out what we're going to talk about recruiting-wise this week. May talk some offensive linemen, but we'll watch some film. We'll talk about recruiting a little bit on Wednesday night, and we'll dive into it, and we'll keep going that way. So um, thanks, everybody, for being with us today. And uh, everybody have a great rest of your day. It's Tuesday. I don't know what the weather's like where you are. It's a little chilly in South Bend, but still good day, great day. Going to get a lot of work done. Hope all of y'all stay safe, have great days, and we will talk to all of you again very, very soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.